Hello, and welcome to the Heat Observer podcast brought to you by the Modoc County Tobacco Policy and Education Program, California Tobacco Control, and the Health Education About Tobacco Coalition, funded by California Prop 56 and Prop 99 tax funds. I am your co-host, Michael Picot, and I am the Coalition and Community Engagement Coordinator and Media Specialist. I am here with our Project Director, Bill Hall. Hi, Bill. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Appreciate it. So each of our episodes of our podcast will focus on a specific area of tobacco policy or an educational piece for a quick learning moment. All facts and data that we use in each podcast will be listed with links on our website and our Facebook page. So go check that out after the podcast. So Bill, tell me a little bit of history of our program from the beginning to where we are at today. Well, in 1988, the California citizens passed Prop 56 precursor Prop 99, which is a 25 cent tax on tobacco sales. We were able to start a program called the Monarch County Tobacco Education Program. We went to all the schools, we did all sorts of things. The very beginning of our thing was just got our name out there. We sponsored many things. We sponsored a rotary event at the ski hill called Hot But Not Smoking, which is basically ski races. We did the Great Historic Bike Race, which is a bike race that was 50 miles long from the Fort Bidwell Hotel down the valley across Cedar Pass and then ended in front of the Niles Hotel. It was a great way to spend money. We also started having mini grants where Little League did mini grants to put signs up at their park. They did mini grants that paid for scoreboards. We did mini grants that sponsored uh, motorcycle races. We had Dandy the Dragon on a race car. We did many things like that. The state moved us more towards an educational piece, which we started offering uh, cessation services with schools that passed policy. The more and more work we did in the community, the smoking rates of teens dropped. So with that said, the state also saw the same thing happening within all the other counties at the state level. So they decided that policy change and community social norm change was the way to go. Instead of just spending money at people to bring our cause to the surface, we went back to a policy change. And from that point forward, uh, 1994, for example, was the year the state used some of that tobacco funds to do stake act for our county, which means they were stings to uh, grocery stores and convenience stores to see if they would sell to minors. Uh, 2013 was the Mona Joint Unified School District. They passed the first electronic cigarette policy, one of the very few in the state were doing that at that time. Uh, but Michael and I saw the writing on the wall that this is an area that we were starting to go down, but weren't sure how it was going to work out. Similar policies were passed, the Monarch Joint Unified School District's policy at Surprise Valley uh, with Monarch County Office of Education and Tule Lake High School. 2014, the city of Altura changed their definition to include electronic cigarettes. 2015, the county followed suit. And in 2016, 17 year, 
fiscal year, the city of Alturas passed the first comprehensive tobacco ordinance, number 507. And within that ordinance, it prohibited smoking within 20 feet of any building entry or exit. It also guaranteed smoke-free dining. It made their retail license. Uh, in the zoning ordinance, it had window spacing down from the Lee law of 33% down to 10% of the windows, windows could be blocked with tobacco advertising and other signage. The city of Alturas also changed their definition to include marijuana smoke as, as part of the tobacco-free uh, definition. So we had a lot of things going on. And probably our biggest accomplishment was in 2018 when the city of Alturas added to their comprehensive tobacco policy ordinance and changed it up to number 518 was the passing of a flavor ban, which banned all sales of any juices, flavored tobacco, small cigarellos, small cigars, uh, cans of chew, snuff, things like that, vaping devices, and really only allowed any flavored tobacco that was just in the form of cigarettes that was menthol only, and menthol only based 1.2 ounce tins of tobacco. So, Michael, we've had a very successful run in our program. Come a long way from just uh, sponsoring bike races, and now we're doing policy change. Yeah, I think I think things have really changed for the better. So, Michael, with change always makes things uncomfortable. And one of the biggest roadblocks we faced is we saw early on that there was electronic, but the cost of it to us was just astounding. And phase one types were uh, very expensive and wasn't promoted by any of the big tobacco retailers. But it was still a roadblock. So tell us um, what what you see happening with our teens, teen use, and what's going on in the history of that. So... It is true that vaping right now is creating a huge roadblock with our teens and the tobacco use. But I think that instead of giving you a history on the types of electronic smoking devices, because I think that is a whole podcast in itself, I think that the best thing to do is talk about the resources we can give out to parents or guardians on vaping cessation for your students or your kids. So there is a new phone number and a new website called, the website is novapes.org, and there is a new helpline, one 844 8 and it is a great resource for parents. Once you go on to this website, you can check out a lot of different information that they're going to be able to give you. You can be a parent or an educator or a healthcare provider, or just share this page with somebody that you know that would like to quit vaping. Some people get a little bit nervous talking to somebody that they don't know, or they're not sure how the session is going to go when they call to get help quitting. The one thing that I do like about this webpage is they have an example of a real life phone call of somebody calling in and asking for help. So you can go on that webpage and listen and hear part of an, a real call that has happened. And, and I think it really puts people at ease 
hearing what's going to kind of happen. So I will make sure that I post the link and the telephone number on our Facebook page and our website so everybody can check that out. So, Bill, some of the local data shows a correlation about risky behavior. Yeah, this really kind of surprised me. Uh, we knew that the teen smoking of just cigarettes was declining rapidly. Uh, most teens knew that, you know, that it was just bad for you. There was so much emphasis on what was happening inside the lungs. I remember there's a lot of kids that remember the pig's lungs. You remember the old nasty pig lungs? Oh, have, they were gross. Ugh. Yeah, the pig's lungs we had in the schools, uh, the kids were just, they were entrenched in knowing that tobacco was bad for them. And locally, we could just see it happening. We weren't having any tobacco buys by children with the Stake Act. We were, it was going great. Uh, but what happened was, basically, uh, vaping came into existence, and the early onset uh, recreational use of marijuana and ease of availability of that and the ease of availability of vaping stuff started to happen. So what happened is the risky behavior, while tobacco use of just cigarettes alone was still going down, about somewhere between 2013, 2014, the recreational use of marijuana alone and those that tobacco pass crossed, where now more kids were using marijuana recreationally than kids were using just cigarette smoking. And by 2016, that that had basically doubled. Marijuana use only was about 14%. Tobacco use only was about 7%. And along with that, instead of kids getting out and four guys in a in a car or in a truck or sitting by a bonfire drinking a couple six packs, was turning out to parties where kids were vaping and doing other things and really binge drinking. So binge drinking went up. We consider binge drinking like, you know, taking lots of shots of different things. And and as the alcohol products became more like sodas and flavored waters, you have the White Claws, you have the seltzers, seltzers, and you have the hard sodas that look like Henry Weinhardt's orange soda, orange creamsicle. And then, of course, all the flavors that are vaping. And we're going to cover all this stuff in future episodes, so don't get too caught up in what we're talking about. But the binge drinking was happening at parties where a lot of alcohol was consumed in a very short period of time instead of it being, you know, that way kids could get in a good party within two hours and be done with it, where a lot of the other parties, we used to have to sneak out and, you know, it was hours upon hours by a bonfire somewhere. So the risky behaviors were really showing up in the use of marijuana and other things along with uh, the binge drinking has really taken off to where it's almost 30% of the the use of that is in that area, Michael. Wow. So my theory on all that, Michael, and how that has worked is basically we've gone from an age of uh, passing a note and maybe talking about Hey, there's a party at Joe's house at such and such time, you know, once a once a month to a social media and every kid carrying a phone and they have instant access to everything that's happening right now. They know what's happening. It could be on a Wednesday night. It could be on a Thursday night. 
It could be a Sunday afternoon. Who knows? But stuff like that can happen instantaneously. And it makes everything look more romantic, more uh, to this day, like they're missing out on something. They can watch YouTube. And the and the we're we're behind because the companies that sell these products are on top of that social media game. They have specialists do that, and they're targeting kids. If you've ever watched that Netflix show, uh, what I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called the Social Dilemma. It tells you how they target these kids, and so they're being targeted, and we're just way behind. Uh, you know, we're gonna have episodes where we talk about flavored tobacco and how the smell is different how the observation, how they use it different, different stages of vape pens and stuff. We're going to have episodes on this podcast like that. Michael is dialed in with the youth of our community. I'm just getting to be an old curmudgeon where I basically can remember where my walker is. But we're going to get there. And this podcast is going to help us do that. So, Michael, that's my theory. Great. I I don't know. I think technology is the best thing that's ever happened to us and the worst thing all at the same time. I totally agree with that. We have uh, talked about, covered a lot of little areas. The big thing I want to make sure you understand is that all the stuff we talk about and we tell you that we're going to have on our website and on our Facebook page with links to things that you can do right now and look up and do. Uh, right now, Michael gave you some great stuff. So check it out on our Facebook page and our website. Uh, we're almost at the point now where, where we're going to end this podcast. We want to thank everybody for listening. We also want to promote one of our other programs in our building here. Uh, there's a great podcast put on by one of the nurses and, and her ongoing cohort, Mandy. Uh, Jennifer and Mandy's podcast called the real Modoc or real mamas of Modoc. And they've had seven or eight podcasts episodes so far, and they're all emotional. They're great. They're funny. They're a great combination. In fact, I think they record after us tonight. Yeah. Every Wednesday night they record. And, and I have to say that last week I walked past Jennifer's office, stalking her all day, waiting for it to come out. I felt like I was stalking her, but I was very excited. So um, hats off to Jennifer and Mandy. They have done a fabulous job. And we'll be announcing in the near future what our future plans are for tobacco as we build for the 2022 to 25 year program, as well as uh, can we say that there's going to be a new smokers helpline well, yet? It, it's, it's coming out it's soon. It's coming out. As soon as I have all that information, you will have that information. Yeah, I think I think the tentative name is Kick It. Yeah, I believe so. I think it's called Kick It. So it'll be easier for everyone to access. It won't be so cumbersome, and they're working really hard on that. Uh, like I said, I want to thank everyone for coming to the podcast. Michael is our media specialist. I'm just the old guy that sits across the, the, the hallway here and take care of the policy work but uh any questions you want to shoot at us contact michael or myself and we'll try to answer them and use our facebook page to ask us questions because we can answer them online here yeah just in real time i get those on my phone and on the go um anytime you have any questions michael great job tonight thank you for making our first uh podcast a, a great experience well i'm gonna have to thank our it department they helped us out a lot and uh so kudos to them for at spur of the moment getting this 
all set up for us and we really appreciate it. And uh, we, we really hope that you tune in next time to our next podcast. Yep. Thank you, Chuck. Remember, Real Mamas of Modoc podcast will probably drop tomorrow. So thank you for them for helping us launch our own podcast. And to all of those Modoc County residents who get a chance to listen to us and the teens that maybe give us a, a shout out, uh, we thank you all. And good night, everyone. Good night. We'll see you next time.